0: Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com, or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. All right, you ready? Before I jump in, come on, let's welcome all our online community. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. I love this passage of scripture. It says, therefore, if, come on, just touch three people around you, say if. I love it when people actually touch the three people. Misty Tittle touched four. I saw her. She goes over and above. Uh, Therefore, if anyone, are you in anyone? All right. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things, all things, not a few things, all things have become new. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are. You can title this message, If Only. If Only. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. You know, if is a very small Word, but for such a small word, it carries a lot of power. I mean, if if really has a great impact on your life, it can, it can alter a lot of things in your life. If can unlock hope, yeah. Come on. right? You ever told your kids, yeah, if everything lines up and it's like, it's done, right? And if it unlocks hope, but it can also anchor you to a past. If only. I wouldn't have, come on, you ever had one of those thoughts? If only I wouldn't have gone to that party and met that person. Huh? If only I would have went to college. Huh? If only, and we have these things that we think about, and the truth is, is that all of us here would probably say that we have some regrets. I have some regrets. I don't know about you, but I have a few regrets. Uh, and, and I think that, that everybody, if they were really honest, would say, you know what? I have, I have some regrets in my life. But you know, if is one of these things that it's a powerful word. And if is, is one, th- it's in the Bible 1,784 times. 1,784 times. Some of my favorite ifs in the Bible are, if God be for us, come on, who can be against us? That's a great passage of scripture. How about this one? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. That's what we're doing in this 21 days of fasting and prayer is we are humbling ourselves and we're praying, come on, because we need, I don't know about you, but I think America needs to be healed. We don't, need a, we don't need a better government. We need God to do an intervention, amen? And so if my people will, be, will, will humble themselves and pray, I love that passage. Uh, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus, come on, we shall be saved. 27 people did that last week come on. at our Christmas Eve services. They confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart and I believe their life will never be the same. But a lot of us get stuck on a different if. We don't get stuck on the ifs in the Bible. We get stuck on if only. I think, I think that we all have regrets. Some regrets are bigger and some regrets are smaller. I think there's probably some people in here that have tattoo regrets. Anybody got a tattoo regret? Oh, Some of you won't even raise your hand. You're so ashamed of it. I have a tattoo regret. Come on, I'll tell you this right now. Well, you're a pastor. Yeah, I got a tattoo regret. I uh, picked a tribal tattoo off the wall and it's on my back. People go, why don't you take your shirt off? It's because you're overweight. No, it's because I have a tribal tattoo on my back that I don't want anybody to see. Uh, no, but, but here's the thing is we all have, there's tattoo regrets, but, and I loved a few of these. I pulled just a few of them for you. There's this one. Poor Camille looks like an alien. She kind of does look a little bit like the picture, though. Um, plan ahead. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Did not think that one through. How about this one? Oops, I meant Holly. here's what's really bad is that Megan is actually a good tattoo, but the bottom one is not a good tattoo. It's actually really a bad tattoo, but I love that guy no matter what. Uh, here's a horrible Marilyn Monroe. Looks nothing. That's crack addict Marilyn Monroe. Uh, on the And then how about this guy? No regurts! I'm pretty sure he has some regrets <laughs> right about now, right? There's tattoo regrets that we have. How about buyer's remorse? Come on, buyer's regret. I think everyone in here probably has bought something that they shouldn't have bought at some point in time in their life, and you get home and you think, oh my gosh, what have I done? I shouldn't have bought this. I shouldn't have have spent the money. You said you wouldn't spend the money and you did and you get home and you go, man, I shouldn't have done that and you have buyer's remorse. How about restaurant regret? That's a big deal right there. You act like that's small, that's a big thing. When you love to eat and you pick a bad restaurant, you are very remorseful about picking that restaurant. But even worse than that is when you order something And the person that you're with orders something that's way better than what you ordered. I don't know about you, but I want to redo, right? I want to be like, hey, wait just a second. It's your fault. You made that way better than this. And so go back and try again, right? Redo. I need a redo. Restaurant regret. And uh, I have a friend of mine and he is so serious about this that literally sometimes he will eat. And if it didn't scratch the itch, he will go eat somewhere else. He calls it a redo he's like i'm gonna just just get a redo and he'll go to another restaurant and eat again i don't know how he does it but restaurant regret how about the midlife crisis come on gold chains corvettes let the chest hair breathe huh (laughs) hey you got the money do it man do it man that's what i say but uh uh, there, you know, I think that midlife crisis really is somebody looking back over their life and thinking, man, I wish I would have done a little more. I wish I would have accomplished a little more. You know, I think that there, there was a good friend of mine, or I say a good friend of mine, I worked with him for years. His name was Jesse. He was a great guy. And uh, he was in his, his mid to late 60s and we were wor- working to that together at Foxworth Galbraith. And, uh, and what we would do is we'd work together in the yards. We'd pull all these loads together and that's what we would do. We'd, we'd pull these big lumber loads. And one day we were talking, just having a conversation, hanging out, you know, about all kinds of different stuff. And he, we started, somehow we got on the topic of baseball. And he said, man, I used to be a baseball player. I said, really? And he goes, yeah, I was really good. And I said, well, that's awesome because I hear a lot of people say that they were good. He said, no, I was, I was so good that I, uh, actually the Cincinnati Reds wanted to draft me. Wow. I was like, okay, you were good. I mean, you're getting, Major League Baseball teams are coming after you. You're, you're doing something right. And, uh, and I, we're working together at Foxworth. So I'm thinking, did you get an injury? Like what happened? And he goes, no, I declined their, uh, their, the draft. And I said, why'd you decline it? He said, well, I didn't want to leave my girlfriend. I immediately said, Jesse, please tell me you married this girl. And he said, cause I'm hoping for a happy ending. He said, no, we broke up three months later. I don't know about you, but I have a feeling that he has some regrets, right? He has some things that if he could, he would go back and he would do it over again. I think a lot of us are looking back at 2017. Come on, this is the last day of 2017. And we're probably looking back and we got some regrets, because every year we always think we're gonna do a lot. Right. You know, you're, so you're looking back at twenty seventeen and you've said at the beginning of twenty seventeen by twenty eighteen you were gonna have a six pack. And you still are fat. <laughs> just gonna I'm gonna tell it like it is, all right? I'm just gonna tell it like it is. <laughs> Was that wrong? Is that rude? You're overly ambitious, come on. Uh, but you, you know, that, that's the thing is you, you go, oh man, I'm gonna lose all this weight. I'm gonna get in the gym. And you went for a few days and you're, you, it was over. And you think there's always 2018. And that's kind of the way that we live our lives, right? We, we think about that. There's some of you that you, you really wanted the promotion. You wanted, to, you wanted this promotion and you didn't get it. You have some regrets, maybe you made some mistakes. So some of you are still single and ready to mingle and you wish you were in a relationship. You had, you'd set a goal of I'm going to be in a relationship with somebody by the time 2018 rolls around. And here's the thing, you stop worrying about your relationship and just start working on you. Amen. But we all have different regrets. We all have things. But there are some people out there that are, rec- that are carrying regrets from years ago. There are people out there that honestly, they've, some, some people out there that have, are carrying regrets from decades ago, that you still think about, I shouldn't have done this, or I should have done this. Maybe you're like Jesse, and you think, man, if I would have just done it, what would my life look like? And you live your life with regrets. Some of you have lived with regret for so long that it has actually warped the way you see yourself. You, you, you see yourself through a lens of regret and shame. And here's the truth is, is that regret and shame go hand in hand, right? Where one goes, the other goes. And that's what happens is, is that we begin to live a life of regret. We begin to live this life. And there is a huge difference between regret and guilt, okay? Because here, here's the thing is that every one of us, when we do something that we shouldn't have done, we feel guilty, It's not a bad thing, right? We feel guilty. But guilt is, this is the feeling that you get, is I did bad. Regret is I am bad. A feeling of regret is I am bad. A feeling of guilt is I did bad. Bad. Some of you have an addiction and you, keep, you, you have this feeling of regret and you keep thinking back of, I wish I would have never tried it for the first time, the, the very first time. I wish I could go back and tell myself, don't do it. And every day you live with this regret of the first time you tried it. Maybe some of you have anger issues and you've said some really hurtful things and you can't get those words back and you think, man, I regret saying those things. I wish I could just go back in time take back those words maybe you were sexually promiscuous when you were younger you think man if I could just go back and redo my past I would redo it and honestly you've lived you live with this regret and you think that if anybody found out what you were really like maybe they wouldn't like you anymore maybe they wouldn't want anything to do with you because now you see yourself as I am an awful person I am bad the regret has warped the way you see yourself. Now you say things, when you talk about yourself, you say things like, I am defective. I am broken. I am damaged. I am flawed. I'm dirty. I'm unlovable. I'm insignificant. I'm worthless. I'm unwanted. Some of you, you've carried this shame and regret for so long that now you've developed what is called a shame-based mindset. You have this, this mindset to where everything that you do and the way that you operate is out of shame. You're ashamed of what you did and so now you have developed this shame-based mindset. And here's the thing, a shame-based mindset does a few things to you. Number one, it makes you vulnerable to perfectionism. When you're ashamed of something and you live your life with regret, what happens is, is you are, you are subject or you are, you, you are very vulnerable to become a perfectionist. Have you ever met somebody who is a perfectionist? Come on. You can never do anything right. And, and I mean, everything in their life is got to be perfect and it's got to be this way and it's got to be, and, and if it's not perfect, then just redo it. And, and what they're doing is, is they're showing you that they have developed a shame based mindset. And a shame based mindset is this. If I can, when you're, when you're vulnerable, vulnerable to perfectionism. There's nothing wrong with doing things and doing them right, but there's a problem when everything in your life has to be perfect or you're bad. And some of you live your life and everything in your life has to be perfect. And what you need to do is you need to evaluate why you do what you do. And the reason why you're doing it is because if you really got honest, you would look in your life and you'd say, the reason why I do this is because I have a shame-based mindset. I'm ashamed of something that I did. And so because I'm ashamed of what I did, everything in my life has to be perfect because I'm trying to pay for what I did back there. And if I work hard enough, if I do enough, if I'm perfect enough, maybe then everybody will love me and maybe then... I can undo the wrong that I did. The second thing a uh, shame-based mindset will do is it will make you critical of yourself, but it will also make you critical of others. Yeah. Come on. Makes you critical of yourself, but it makes you critical of others. People that are critical all the time, come on. They criticize, you, you, you got family member, you can't do anything right huh? They're always telling you what you could do better. Here's the thing is, is that what there's, what happens a lot of times is, is when you make a mistake, they jump on you. I mean, they lash out at you and you're like, whoa, that escalated quickly. What it is, is, is they see you doing something that they wish they wouldn't have done. And so they lash out at you in anger. Because here's the thing is you think they're being critical on you, but they're even more critical of themselves. Here's the thing is anger is what pain looks like when shown publicly. Anger is what pain looks like when it's shown publicly. So you see somebody that's critical and angry. The chances are as they probably have a shame-based mindset. There's something that they a regret from their past that they've lived with and it has warped the way they see themselves and the way they think about themselves. And so they are overly critical of everything they do and everything that you do as well. Third thing it will do is it will, uh, you, uh, you will start using self-defeating thoughts as a form of protection or escape. Self-defeating thoughts, as a form of protection or escape. What they'll do is, is they, they get so, they have such a mindset and they're so ashamed that they, they won't try anything. They won't go after anything because they think that they don't deserve it. Well, I don't deserve that promotion. I don't deserve that relationship because the last time I was in a relationship, I really messed it up. And so what they do is, is they've this shame-based mindset and what, they, what ends up happening is, is they sabotage future opportunities because of past shame. Have self defeating thoughts. It's holding them back. Isaiah 54 4 says, Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, there is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. Now, just before we move on, I want you to understand something. Well, what, what are you saying? There is a massive difference, church, between conviction and condemnation. Some of you live your life in condemnation and you think that that's from God, but that's not the way it is. Here's the thing, is conviction is from the Holy Spirit. When you do something wrong, right? And you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside you, you do something wrong and God says, hey, you shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. That's conviction, right? Hey, you're, and what, what, what God is saying is you're better than that. Uh, uh-uh. no, you shouldn't do that because you're better than that. It, it's, it, you, you, you don't need to do that. It's not good for you. You don't need to do it. And so you have this immediate thought that comes in and you're convicted and you go, man, I shouldn't have done that. And so you say this, what the Bible says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Right. And so you say, God, forgive me for that. I messed up. Condemnation is the thing that follows that. Here's the thing. Conviction comes when you sin. Condemnation comes when you've repented for your sin. I'll say that again. Conviction comes when you sin. You say, God, forgive me for that. Condemnation is what comes after when you've already repented for it. It comes in and says, you messed up so bad. How do you even call yourself a Christian? What are you, what are you thinking? You can't show up at church and lift your hands and worship Jesus like you've done something right. You haven't done anything. That's condemnation. What it's reminding you of is something that you did, yeah, come on. that you said, God, forgive me for. And that's what happens is, is people get caught in this, this uh, spinning trap where they're constantly saying, God, forgive me for that. And 30 minutes later, God, forgive me for that. And 30 minutes later, they're saying, God, forgive me for that. God, forgive me for that. God, forgive me for that. And you will never move past it because you keep asking God to forgive you something that he's already forgiven God has never meant for you to live a life of condemnation. I'll read it for you in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Most everybody in here probably has heard that verse or knows that verse up here in their mind. But today my prayer is is that it actually gets in your heart. Because you can know something in your mind, but not have it in your heart. You can know, oh well, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I go out and I live like I'm not forgiven. Right, right. Come on. I go out and act like, well, you know what? God's grace is. God's grace is good enough for you, but it's not good enough for me. And what you're saying is, the work that Jesus did on the cross is good enough for everybody else, but it's not good enough for you because you need to pay for your sin. You need to work to pay for your sin. You need to work this thing off. And what you're saying is, Jesus, your work wasn't good enough for me, so I'll do something to make it good enough. You gotta understand, the church that God has never meant for you to live a life of condemnation. God has never wanted you to be imprisoned by a, 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 a feeling of regret and remorse and say, you know what? You can sit back and you can say, I wish I wouldn't have done that, but can I tell you something about the grace of God? You know what? I should have had to pay for this, but because of God's grace and because of his mercy, he has set me free. I don't have to live like that anymore. Yeah, I messed up when I was young. Yeah, I messed up last night, but can I tell you, I can come boldly into the throne room of grace and I can lift my hands not because of what I did but because of what Jesus has done for me. I can tell you this as a pastor. I'm telling you, I don't worship Jesus and I don't preach because I'm perfect and I don't sin. I worship Jesus and I preach because I'm imperfect and God's grace has saved me. It has set me free. It has delivered me and it it will do the exact same thing for you. Some of you are chained though to regret to shame, You know, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Now, you gotta understand, that's a long time. That means your dad was a slave and your granddad and your great-granddad, right? I mean, it goes a long time. Like you were in, they were enslaved for a long time, 400 years. And after 400 years, you start kind of understanding something and, and you get this mindset. And they had a slave mentality. And even though God sent Moses and God delivered them and God did some miraculous things and he brought them out, even when they were free from Egypt, Egypt was still on the inside of them they still had this thought of I'm a slave and so they still acted like that. They still did things like that. that They were still in bondage and they weren't set free and God had to work it out and it took years and years and I think that there's a lot of people in this place that if you were really honest you would say, you know what? Everybody thinks because you smile all the right times. You say amen at the right times. You say hallelujah at the right times but when you go home and you're by yourself, you still feel like you're in prison by remorse and regret. And you're saying, you know what? I can't never get free of this. And you have a slave mindset. And if you ever want 2018 to be what God wants it to be, you need to understand that God has set you free, that God has delivered you. God has brought you out. You don't have to live in the regret anymore. Stop living your life like you're free outwardly, but in prison inwardly. Some of you still believe that you're something that God says that you aren't. You still believe it. Even though you're Christian, you go to church, you read your Bible, you still believe that you're something that God says that you're not. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I think that a lot of us miss a key word and that key word is now. Not one day, not someday, not when you've gone to enough church services, not when you've read the Bible cover to cover 342 times, not when, you've, not when you've worked at enough soup kitchens. All those things are good. But the Bible says there is therefore now. Yeah. Not one day, not someday. I'm telling you right now. Now There is therefore now no condemnation. If you are in Christ Jesus and you feel condemned about something you did in your past and you've asked for forgiveness, you need to understand that right now God has set you free from that. And every time it comes up, you need to say, no, you don't understand. God says there is therefore now no condemnation because I am Christ Jesus. It's a key word that we all must get. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this phrase down. Say, I am not blank. Because of Christ, I am blank. The reason why I left the blank there is because everyone in here has a different blank. Everyone in here has different paths has made different mistakes, has done things that they shouldn't have. So everyone in here has different blanks. So I can't just do an all encompassing, but but there's some of you that you need to write down, I am not dirty because of Christ, I am righteous. Some of you need to write down, I am not broken because of Christ, I am a new creation. Come on. Some of you need to write down, I am not addicted because of Christ. I am set free. See, you got it. You got to get this before we go into 2018. You need to get this on the inside of you that you are not what you did. Come on. Come you aren't even what other people said that you were. Some of you, you're not even what you think that you are because of your mistakes and your flaws and you see yourself through this lens of that mistake and that flaw and that regret and you see in yourself the wrong way and you're not even what you thought you were. Truth is, you are who Christ says you are. Christ says you're a new creation. Christ says you're forgiven. Christ says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Christ says you're a child of God. So good. He's such a good father. What's amazing about good fathers is they make you look good. You know, my dad is a pastor. I love going with him places because he always talks good about me because he's proud of me of Y'all think, well, our question is judgment, but he's proud of me. And he'll, he'll, he'll go into a place and he'll say, man, my son, and he'll talk about the church and he'll say, oh, my son can preach. Oh, my son is doing such a great job. And I was dad, dad, yeah, yeah. That's what good fathers do. I've never walked into a place and had him say, "My son, is such a screw- up." You know what my son did last year? You know what he did when he was twelve? You know what he did when he was a teenager? Some of you think that God's doing that. Yeah, Randy ever guess what he did when he was 18 no when you walk into the room god the father yeah. says this is my son this is my daughter Can I tell you about what they're doing right? What's going on in their lives? How good they're doing? Man, you don't understand. Yeah, they're not perfect. Yeah, they make mistakes. Yeah, they have some faults. Yeah, they got some things that they shouldn't have done. But you don't understand. You got to look at where they were and now where they're going. You got to get this on the inside of you. Stop living your life chained to a past regret. It's time once and for all to understand that Christ has set you free. Christ has severed that chain and you don't have to live your life like that anymore. We can honestly move forward and say, I'm not gonna live my life with regrets. I'm moving forward into all that God has called me to live in, all that God has called me to be. I'm tired of being chained to a regret. Once you've said, God, forgive me, it's time to move on. Some of you, you've you've messed up, maybe in your marriage, maybe in a relationship, maybe in a friendship. It keeps being brought up. You you keep bringing it up over and over and over again. It's time to move on. on. You've asked your wife to forgive you. She forgive you. Move on. Stop living a life chained to regret you will never move into everything that god has for you until you let go of what's holding you back amen let's let go of it once for all. at the church rc we aim to help you encounter jesus If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.